0: Evening, evening, sir. Wagu, my brother. How are you? I'm good, man. Yeah, I'm feeling. I'm feeling pretty nice. Um No particular reason. I just have got that sort of like late night. You know what it is, actually. The truth is, um, my partner's doing a night shift, so I'm sort of home alone. And it's like weirdly exciting.
1: <laughs> it is, isn't it? Yeah. On the occasions I'm home alone, it's just like, oh, what. What do I do? Yeah.
0: I don't know what to cook, though. <laughs>
1: oh, mate, I had a, a seriously good pasta dish. Oh, nice. Creamy, cream, creamy garlic chicken pasta.
0: Oh, nice. I mean, I put a g- garlic bread in the oven and then pondered watching tonight, started to watch tonight's game. But I really don't, I know it's a sort of derby, but I really don't care about Brighton and Crystal Palace.
1: Uh, did you see the goal? I didn't know there was a goal oh my god it was absolute filth you need to have a look at it so we can get live reaction
0: the okay the Eagles versus the Seagulls Um, where am I going to find it I've got my go,
1: go, go on go on the Twitter yeah and type in M-A-T-E-T-A Mateta
0: I'm guessing that's the goal scorer
1: that is the goal scorer
0: M-A-T-E-T M-A-T-E-T-A yeah oh yeah it says trending
1: it's absolute filth. Absolute filth.
0: Jean-Philippe Mateta. Yeah. This is his first Palace goal and it's absolute. Here we go. Oh, I'm watching. So it's coming down the line. It gets crossed in. Oh! Oh! That was cheeky. Oh, it was
1: dangerous. naughty, not it?
0: Yeah. It wasn't even like, it wasn't just a flick. It was like he, his whole body swivelled around the ball.
1: Yeah, that was nice.
0: <laughs> Fair play.
1: Naughty. Naughty treacle.
0: Um, so the weekend's action, Dan. Uh, I think there's only one place to start, really, and uh, that's with Everton reclaiming Anfield. <sighs> <laughs> I was expecting the big sigh from you before I, I give you my analysis. What do you, as a as a fan of the Liverpool, make of this? Um, it's Just for a a quick stat for you, you probably know this, but it's the first time Everton have won at Anfield in the 21st century. The last time they won there was in 1999. That's 22 years. (sighs) One more thing. Do you want to know who was number one? Oh, no, wait. Actually, no, forget that. I was thinking of something else. (laughs) I'll get to that.
1: (sighs) This is like, this is like, I was going to say BDSM, but it's not BDSM. What's the old, where people start? What's the old sound thing? ASMR.
0: That's very ASMR. different to
1: BDSM. Yeah, BDSM's a little bit naughtier. Um, yeah, I'm, they're going off their nut right now. Um, I really, the only way I can describe it is like I'm verging more and more towards watching like Ultimate Frisbee. <laughs> 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 Um, we, we just, it's, is mad that like we, we've got, so we've had 18 different center back partnerships this season. Mm-hmm. And yet that's not even our issue. Mm. We've got like our main front three up top and they're not scoring goals. Like you can have all the possession in the world. If you don't make the most of it, you're done. Mm. Um, <sighs> I, I so it it bothers me. It bothers me that we lost to Everton because you know it's Everton. But what bothers me even more is that is we're 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 sort of it's one game down to the end of the season where we're you know we need to try and get in the top four because I have this massive pipe dream that if we get top four, we're getting Kylian and Bappe, right. Mm. If we don't get top four, we ain't getting him. So, it's a uh, it's almost imperative that we need to get top four. But at the moment, the way we're playing, we're barely going to get top eight. Yeah. That... But I think we're are we sixth now? We're we sixth.
0: Um, I can get the league table up in front of me. Last I looked at we... you, you were level on points with Everton. Yeah, it yeah, was sick. You're sick, yeah, correct. We're
1: sick, then Aston Villa can go above us.
0: Yeah. You level on points of Everton, but Everton still have a game in hand.
1: It's filth. Utter filth. So so I don't really I'm just I'm just a massive fan of croquet. I really like croquet now. Wow. Yeah, or like them like connect four world championships
0: you're actually into different you know i'm not even sure if you're naming sports anymore these are just glorified games
1: <laughs> yeah i think i think i'm just like gonna buy myself like a billiards table and <laughs> just you know, maybe maybe i'm done with football but maybe you could call it like the generic life podcast. <laughs> 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 um
0: well i mean it's not all that bad I mean there's still 13 games to go um, on the plus side Um, but I think it's quite interesting what you were saying about this chase for top four because not only will you not get say Achille and Mbappe if you don't finish top four but I wonder who will want to leave Liverpool to maintain their status as a Champions League player I think you know Mo Salah I'm not sure I'm not sure if I'm just saying this because I would like this to be the case, but I feel he's a mercenary. I feel as great as he is, he's not at Liverpool because he's a Liverpool fan. He's at Liverpool because they're a good club that can win him trophies. I think there's a a bit of self interest in in what Mo Salah will end up doing if Liverpool don't continue to bring him glory.
1: Yeah. I, mean, I don't think anyone will really leave. I don't think there'd be like a mass exodus, but it'd certainly be a bit of a kick in the teeth. Mm. Um, on that note, I'm going to be- i am decided to be positive because I feel like Liverpool fans listening to this need need like some positive outlook.
0: Yeah, I definitely
1: think um, so, so. Just, just, I just, you know, in homage to Rio Ferdinand, Sheffield United are going to get murked.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: going well, to get murked. well, that's the way
0: you've got to be, isn't it? I mean, like, we, we look at the table and almost all of these teams have had glory years that they fell from grace from like I'm looking at the table right now and I remember when Leeds were Champions League semi-finalists you know that fall from grace was a real fall from grace and I don't think for a second I don't even think in my lifetime Liverpool will have a fall from grace as big as Leeds is or Nottingham Forest's or I mean Liverpool's too much of a big club to really you know you're just going to go back to being Liverpool of the early 21st century you know a decent team um, Europa League team <laughs> you, you had a couple oh, of good dude. years Klopp you know what I think Klopp's an interesting one as well Klopp has actually won it all at Liverpool now he has won it all Um, and it did make me think like you know the, he worked so hard and the players worked so hard to win everything over the last couple of years Um, and maybe they don't have the depth to continue that for years and years and years so maybe yeah. it's a good time for Klopp to just say I'm a hero at Liverpool. I've done something, thirty years no one else could do. Let me try a new challenge now.
1: i will be all right. So right. it doesn't matter. We're going to do it, right? We're going to do it. We're going to get back. We're going to get top four. This is a this is like you know. My attitude is the biggest comeback since
0: <laughs> since leads to the Premier League.
1: Since leads to the Premier League. Um. So shut your mouth. We're gonna, we're gonna win. Just a game. We're gonna win a game. It's all that matters. Win a game. And we're to doing a game, win <laughs> another game.
0: One contentious moment in the game that I wanted to discuss. Um,
1: a contentious moment.
0: <laughs> the, the penalty that Everton received right at the end. Um, was that a penalty? Was it? Was it harsh on Alexander Arnold? Oh, it was so harsh, man. It's, it's, like, do you think that was a penalty? Well, it was interesting because when it first happened, I thought it wasn't. I thought it looked like Calvert-Lewin tripped over Alexander-Arnold's head. Um, Like, literally, Alexander-Arnold did not see Calvert-Lewin behind him. But then, when I saw it from other angles, it did seem like after the collision, after Calvert-Lewin kneed him in the back of the head, Alexander-Arnold flicked out a foot. Whether it was, like, whether he meant to or not, that flick of the foot, that movement made... Well, contacted Calvert Lewin and and he obviously made the most of it and went to ground. And with that in mind, I think al- although it's harsh, that one movement of the leg does make it a penalty.
1: Oh, no, I can't have it. I can't. I can't. No. No, it's not, it's not a pen. It can't be a pen. It can't be. If we're getting pens for that, there's going to be pens for absolutely everything. Every game's going to finish like 10 9. <laughs>
0: Yeah, there are contentious penalties.
1: Like, it's one of them, I think, where... I can't see that being a pen. And the fact that he's gone to the monitor for all of four and a half seconds is... It's just... I have to put it down to bad officiating. So, you know, it's a standard. Mm. So, it... I feel like that needs to improve if you're going to give VAR a chance, which again is a massive U-turn because I hate VAR.
0: That's interesting. I I kind of like, I mean, we could go on about Liverpool, but I think mentioning VAR is actually a kind of nice segue because for a long time we've complained about VAR kind of stopping teams from really celebrating. You sort of score the goal and then you have to wait to make sure you weren't offside or whatever. Whereas when West Ham played Spurs... Um, Jesse Lingard actually celebrated twice which is the first time I've seen it you know he celebrated then it went to VAR to check if he was offside he wasn't offside so he celebrated again I thought that was wonderful
1: I kind of respect it but at the same time I I don't know why I just don't like Jesse Lingard
0: I think he's quite a divisive character isn't he you either like really love him or you think he's a bellend
1: I don't doubt that he's a lovely bloke Mm. I imagine he's a lovely bloke but yeah exactly that I just also think he's a bit of a bell end and but all of a sudden he's playing like Zidane
0: he's so hungry isn't he like he just he wants to score he wants the ball he wants to run at players and I would quite frankly want him back at United they can take Anthony Martial he can piss off
1: um I it's it's a big win it's a big win for West Ham hmm. do you think they do you think that they can keep it up
0: I don't know I think uh, I mean they're obviously on a very good run of form right now but they've still got to play all the teams around them and I think although they're on a good run if every team uh, plays their best West Ham are not the fourth best team in the league Um, so by that I don't believe they'll finish top four I think they're going to have a really good run. Remember, around this time last season, Sheffield United were up there. So things can still change.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I do like the freedom that West Ham play with all of a sudden. Hmm. And like I said, I do. I take it back to the fact that they take more chances because there's no fans. Yeah. I really do think that that's such a big importance. Is that, you know, I've not seen West Ham play as open as they did against Spurs and as attacking at home in a while mm. do you know what I mean you think back to their fans you think back to where their fans are there is what I'm talking about
0: mm. it was an interesting game though because although they, they won and probably overall uh, was just set up better you know Spurs in the second half definitely did have chances and did come at West Ham a bit um, so it was, it was quite an interesting game I, I thought what was particularly interesting about the game was afterwards Mourinho kind of started stage one of his sort of exit plan that he's famously done at his previous, what, three clubs. And it always starts with him suggesting he has nothing to do with the bad form. Um, I can't remember the statement off the top of my head, but he said something along the lines of, mine and my coaching staff's methods are second to none in the world which is like a wordy way of saying my method to winning football matches is the best in the world. He said, what's going wrong at Tottenham? He basically said in so many words, is not my fault. I am the best at what I do. If I can't implement it at Tottenham, surely there's a problem with Tottenham, not me. Mm. Um, Which I think is dangerous. This is stage one, what Mourinho does. Then he'll start blaming players. And then he'll lose respect of all the players. And then players will stop running for him. And then it will just go tits up and he'll he'll have to leave.
1: I mean, it's mad, isn't it? Because I genuinely think Mourinho is a decent manager. I just think that he has this, this approach to play that he wants to do. And I was watching the Tottenham, when I was watching the game yesterday, mm. I thought to myself, like, you, you have so many attacking outlets. Mm-hmm. And you're not using any of them. Yeah. Like, like you have to take until you start to go down to, you know, God knows what, for you to actually get anywhere. Yeah. And I just, I thought Bale looked really good when he came on. Yeah, likewise. Uh, that volley was unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Um,
0: the one that hit the bar.
1: Yeah. Mm. Um, But you can't tell me that he is, you can't tell me that with all them attacking players, he should be playing like that. Do you know what I mean? You you look at all of they got Diet, they got Deli, they've got Kane, they've got Son, they've got Lucas, they have got Stephen Bergvijn, they got Bale, they got Tange. It's it's an embarrassment of riches, to be honest.
0: Well it is quite interesting because going back to Mourinho saying that it's not my fault that we're not getting results I'm doing I'm the best in the world at getting results is basically what he said that leaves it obviously down to the players. Um but like you just mentioned Tottenham have really good players. Like and it's the manager's duty to get the best out of these good players. They have the potential to be right up there.
1: But it's the not that- happening. The ironic thing about it is I don't even think defensively they're that great. So you're playing a defensive game
0: mm.
1: with, with defenders that, you know... With Eric Dyer. Really yeah, really, really aren't that great.
0: Yeah, Eric Dyer's crap, isn't he? I, I never got him. <laughs> I've never understood his, his value. I mean, he's probably a lovely man and a good friend. And I don't know if he's got a wife, but maybe he's a good husband. And father, <laughs> for all I know, and son. But he's not a good footballer.
1: He, I, mean, I don't think he's a centre-back to be honest yeah. I think that's the issue I don't think he's a centre-back I think that he is a defensive midfielder and I think that that's a big difference
0: Do you think uh, England come the Euros will play three at the back those three being Henderson Declan Rice and Eric Dyer
1: could you imagine? <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I don't think it much worse. I don't. I mean, on a serious note, it's got to be John. It's got to be John Stones, Harry Maguire, and another, hasn't it? Yeah. Who do you, who who is the other?
0: Well, do you have to play three at the back? I know England. I think you will. They quite like playing Kyle Walker as a sort of defensive. I've I almost feel when you play three at the back, one of them has to kind of deviate a little bit and like kind of join in with attacks. And maybe that's Kyle
1: Walker. But doesn't Harry Maguire do that on occasions?
0: He does. Kyle Walker, Kyle Walker just tends to bomb forward.
1: Like where, where do you, where do you think the, I think Gareth likes that free at the back. Mm. And I think that because Gareth likes that free at the back and he's comfortable with it, It's never really failed him.
0: Yeah, I hear that.
1: So I think that because of that, he's all all over it, to be honest.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting one. I mean, England haven't played an international game for so long. I've almost forgotten what it's like to consider an England team, other than, you know, talk of do you play Mount or Grealish or Madison or... Yeah, Sancho, Rashford. Yeah, that's the ongoing debate at the moment, isn't it?
1: It's certainly a certainly a big a big talking point. Um, but it's a big win for West Ham. It's a big loss for Tottenham. And I think that that's the most interesting point. Mm. Um, talking of volleys, talking of volleys, because I've tried to make a you know a subtle segue into the Man United game. Okay. Yeah. Real good finish from Saint Maximin.
0: Oh yeah, he's he's class, isn't he?
1: Real good, real good. They, I, I did want to, talk, I did want to ask you something while I was watching the game. They were, oh, the commentators were talking about Aaron Wambasaka being the best one to one defender.
0: Oh, oh.
1: Um, would you agree with that?
0: I don't know. I think overall, no way. But he's very I mean, he's just ninety-nine rated for tackling on FIFA. Well not even tackling, slide tackling in particular. But I think we've spoke about him before in we've spoke about the idea of a good defender doesn't need to run. A good defender doesn't need to go to ground. But Wambasaka always is going to ground and always is making up for being out of position. Um If I look at the entire, like Man United's best starting lineup, I think Wan-Bissaka's our weak link, which is controversial. I know a lot of people like him, but he, as a Man United fan, watching the games, he frustrates me the most.
1: Um, It's, um, It's a big call. It's a big call. The, the thing is, the thing is, I think with wan it's like you said, he's so easy to go to ground. But I think that if you played it right, if you played it right, you could, um, you could quite easily um, get a pen out of him. Because I think all you need to do is it, he almost shapes up to make that sliding tackle, and I and I think that all you need to do is, as soon as you get in the box, just just almost stop, and he's going to take you out.
0: Just kick the ball away and keep running.
1: <laughs> like, I I honestly do. I honestly do think it's that simple. It might not be. I might be completely stupid, but it's almost like you would be able if you would stop dead almost without the ball, he's taking you. You're gone. Mm. But it's another good win for you guys um, with Bruno at the heart of it.
0: It's a good win considering we didn't play massively well for for a large part of it. I personally think. I think we've said a number of times about Man United, we really struggle to break teams down that just sit back. And um, it was a little bit that in this game. It was a little bit Newcastle Sat back, it's not like they defended well. it's just that Man United seemed to pass the ball about and wait till there's an opening rather than try and go forth and penetrate. So you don't necessarily need to defend, you just need to stand in front of between Man United and the goal, and it will yeah. take ages for Man United to break you down. Um, but no, you're right it was it was a good win. I was really happy for Dan James, who I thought was surplus to requirements at one point. Um, I thought it'd be him going on loan like Jesse Lingard, but he's actually got three and three now.
1: I still think he is surplus to requirements.
0: I mean, he's he's actually been—if you take an average of like minutes played, made uh, sorry, minutes played to impact—he's definitely way further up the pecking order for me um, than Anthony Martial. I would drop Anthony Martial for Dan James any day.
1: I think. Yeah. And and I think I would too, um, but I still think James is. I don't think he. I don't think he can play much next season.
0: No, he's he's got a way to go, especially if we if this Amad Diallo is supposed to be as good as he is, and if we're bringing in Sancho. I mean, where where do you play Dan James then?
1: I mean my if you bring in Sancho your front three I think has to be next season Brashford, Sancho and Greenwood. Mm. And I think Greenwood needs to be stuck up top.
0: Yeah. We can hang on to Cavani for a bit though.
1: Yeah, no definitely. Always a good presence to have.
0: Mm. Um although Newcastle played all right and in the last few games. starting to get forward a bit um they really really missed Callum Wilson um I think Joe Linton is he's just a bit non-existent I've noticed there was a time where I thought oh actually maybe he's gonna come good maybe him and Almiron are finally gonna come good but like he just he doesn't even seem to be there I'm not sure if he positions himself badly or he doesn't get the service or it's the way Newcastle is set up or it's just him I I just don't it just hasn't worked and it just doesn't look like it's ever going to work he he might as well have not been on the pitch yesterday Um, and Dwight Gale I don't think is really Premier League level sorry he's in that weird never zone the Cameron Jerome zone
1: yeah yeah I mean unless he plays Liverpool and then he's a world beat up (laughs) Um, the You said they'll have a good season as well. Who Newcastle? Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. But I said West Ham. We're going to maybe get relegated. I said I said Timo Werner would be um would be top goal scorer. Actually, next week we're holding auditions for Silas's uh, Silas's co guest, uh, co star of this uh, (laughs) podcast. Because i have gone bad, bad. Uh, Where we Newcastle was 17th. Yeah, it could go bad. Actually,
0: I mean, Fulham are, are looking like they've really up for the fight of recent so it wouldn't surprise me if in the next couple of game weeks Newcastle drop into that relegation zone um, and Fulham jump out
1: i'm just seeing if Fulham've got Newcastle at any point Newcastle got West Brom
0: Steve Bruce sounds quite confident that they'll be okay i kind of i just wouldn't be so confident
1: I think he's. I think he's very confident for a man that his team are doing shit. Um, so, which is always a little bit of a worry because he's always blinded by the lights, I guess.
0: And where does Saint Maxman go when Newcastle, or if Newcastle get relegated?
1: Um, do you know? It wouldn't surprise me if we tried to sign him.
0: Is he? Is he that good? Is he Liverpool level?
1: No, but I mean, we're we're sort of we're pretty good with signing relegated players, um, and sort of you know them turning out to be half decent. Speaking so almost, almost won't surprise me if that's the case.
0: Speaking of relegated players, this is a, an, another great segue. Um, Man City won against Arsenal, um, and it was quite interesting because you know we're very familiar with Man City. You know, attacking, pressing high, um, yeah, just like sort of dominating the game on the on the front foot. This game, they actually seemed quite happy to just defend, and they did it well. Um, but what I found, what I thought of when I was considering the idea of Man City defending, is where is Nathan Ake?
1: I have no idea. I don't know if I don't know if he's injured or not. Um...
0: They just haven't used him at all. And but what's quite interesting is he's, you know, we he was bought because he's a good defender, albeit at a relegated club. He he was rated. He was like, you know, a lot of the top clubs wanted him. Um but they haven't needed him at all. You take Liverpool on one hand, who are playing midfielders at centre back, um, and then you take Man City, who have really good centre backs that they don't even have to use.
1: Nathan Ake is injured.
0: Oh, fair enough. Has he been injured all season? uh no i mean ruben diaz and john stones and even laporte i mean why if it ain't broke don't fix it
1: yeah i mean it's not bad not a bad gig is it really
0: there's very little to say about man city really that had not really been said like they're just they're just sick i think i heard someone say recently and i thought it was quite early to say this um But someone suggested this is Pep Guardiola's best Man City team since he's been there.
1: I think the team that won won the league with 100 points is the best.
0: The argument in the person saying this is that that season, everyone else was crap. Yeah. Whereas now teams have moved on from then? Like, you know, lesser are a force to be reckoned with. Man United have improved. Liverpool have improved.
1: See, I don't think... I, I think a lot of teams are crap this season. So, um, I think that there's a real unevenness about this. Whereas, you got to imagine City got 100 points. Let's think that's some, you know, there's not many teams that have done that. You've got... The um, the fact that they were chased all the way by a Liverpool team that you know that was keeping them under real pressure. Mm-hmm. I think I, I do genuine. I think that was their best team. Well,
0: who was in that team that you would take over players in this team?
1: They were pretty much the same, weren't they?
0: I mean, Leroy Sane. They they played See, three up front, and like Aguero obviously had a lot more game time then. You still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Oh, you cut up. Um, right. oh. oh, you you went again.
1: Weird. How's that?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's all good.
1: So, you Leo Leroy Sane is a really, really good footballer. And I think I'm surprised City haven't missed him more, to be honest.
0: But I think what's quite interesting about Pep. Is uh you know he revolutionised the way people play football over the last fifteen years or so, and it it seems like he's reinvented himself again. Like even talking about the game yesterday, where Man City defended like that's that's unusual. Pep's always been an attack-minded manager, but he's like deployed this way where Man City defend well, which is sort of new. And like we spoke on the last pod about um wing backs that come inside and he's just reinventing these these ways to to play football matches again um he's just a genius he's an absolute genius of of football a phenomenon
1: do you think he's the best manager in the world
0: i do actually i mean obviously he has excess money at his disposal which which obviously helps you know a lot of managers may not be great because they can't get the players they ideally want. Um, But no, I I do like, I genuinely think that he can, if you want to unlock a player's potential, I think Pep's the guy to unlock that potential. I think if Mbappe, for example, went, played underneath Pep, then I think he unlocks that Messi-Ronaldo potential in in a player like him. Which is scary because, you know, Man City could buy these players. They could buy... Harland, Messi, even.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. It is crazy. Yeah. I um, don't like they, how much smoke
0: I'm blowing up Man City's ass, actually.
1: They do They do look scarily good. And I think that it's... Um, it'd be interesting to see how they do in the Champions League this season. Because mm. I think they're in the league. I don't... I don't foresee anyone getting really close to them.
0: I think it's interesting because like even for Pep like the league has sort of been there done that thing surely they they need the Champions League Klopp has won the Champions League and the league so with that in that respect for all of Pep's success over the last half many years Klopp one-ups him today now because he's led Liverpool to a Champions League whereas Man City have faltered every time yeah have they even made a semi-final?
1: Uh, no, I don't think they have.
0: It's poor, it's, that's Eric Dyer.
1: They've made a, they've made a um, I think they made a court. They made a quarters against us. I don't think they've made a semi-final. Not that way of, anyway.
0: At what stage did they get knocked out by Leon? That must have been quarters last year.
1: Yes, I think so. I didn't think it was quarters, was it? Wasn't it second round?
0: This is that's a poor effort,
1: man. But I didn't think too much of oh dear God either. <laughs> oh dear um, God! <laughs> yeah. that, um, obviously, it was a difficult game for him to play in, but and he's new to the league. But I'm still expecting big things.
0: Yeah, Arsenal are just not great, really. But I, I've began to. Or maybe it not even began to. I accepted a long time ago they're not that great. And I think even Arsenal fans are starting to accept, oh, we're just a mid-table team now. We should stop getting upset losing games because, you know, you win some, you lose some. We're a (laughs) mid-table club.
1: (laughs) I was kind of thinking about it the other day and thinking about, like, how mad it is that Arsenal expect to lose games like they they almost go in with this sort of defeatist like fans must go in with a defeatist attitude,
0: yeah, that's really peak, like you know we lived through the the invincibles era,
1: God uh, apart from apart from obviously Liverpool might be my favorite might be my my most favorite team because they were unbelievable in every department,
0: yeah. Arsenal were a real dominant force for years and years and years, and they just um, fell off. It's it's really strange because, you know, in I guess a sort of similar way to Man United, you know, there was a real change of era. Like they had a long-term manager in Arsene Wenger. Um, and then when he left, like it was all a bit, couldn't really keep it afloat. Same with United, you know, Alex Ferguson left, we ran a bit, but we're sort of slowly clawing it back. Um, It's hard to see how long it's going to take Arsenal to get back to the team they were. Um, Yeah. It it clearly hasn't worked them buying players. I don't think the investments they have made have been really too great of recent. Um, I think maybe this is the time where Arsenal invest in youth, do a sort of their version of the class of 92 keep Saka there get him, make sure he's on a long term deal make sure the Croydon De Bruyne smith Rose on a long term deal maybe make Odegaard a, a permanent deal
1: get rid of Pepe
0: yeah Pepe's he's weird man I he's like do you know who he reminds me of and I know he probably doesn't this guy probably doesn't listen so he's not going to be offended but he reminds me of a Junior
1: I was just about to say <laughs> You were gonna say junior.
0: Cause he looks like just his stature, he looks like a good skillful player. And then he plays and you think, What are you doing?
1: <laughs> yeah. Do you remember Oh no, no, I can't I can't do you know what? I get it. I completely get it. I remember when... I, like ran it towards goal and ran it off the pitch.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like does skills for no reason. And you just think, what? what was the... Almost like they've got the the right sort of body for football, but the completely wrong head.
1: <laughs> Honestly, Junior. Oh man, that's a flat. That's a that's a blast from the past.
0: Yeah, shout out Junior, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh,
1: yeah, shout, shout out Junior after you've just killed him. <laughs> god's sake
0: yeah pepe's dead man
1: um yeah he's he's rubbish absolutely awful so um
0: do you know what game i found quite entertaining um even though it was a nil, nil, nil nil draw um i actually found it entertaining i did this weird thing where i had the game on sky sports but i had it on mute and then on another screen i had the bt do they call it score centre
1: yeah
0: I had that on um, so I was listening to score centre but watching the game and it was quite funny because like I would see something in the game and then they'll all react to it on score centre like 20 seconds later but a lot of drama in this game it was nil-nil but there was a handball um, that although it was like 50 yards from goal was seen to be denying a goal scoring opportunity and hence there was a red card yeah Um, there was another handball in the box which wasn't given and probably should have been a penalty. Um, Diagne no longer looks like a cross between Sane, not Sane, sorry, Sadio Mane and Usain Bolt. He now has blue hair, so he looks like a black Paul sharna. Um, there's a goal line clearance from Tarkowski. Um, loads of chances missed by West Brom right at the end. Yeah, I just thought it was around quite entertaining. Nil nil.
1: Yeah. Um, it was weird because I kind of didn't expect it to be entertaining though
0: yeah you look at the game and it was a three o'clock kickoff and I thought oh rah.
1: yeah <laughs> leave that alone <laughs> but was... no, I mean they they don't know Diagne De, De, Diagne yeah look decent again I and I'm a massive fan of that Conor Gallagher as well
0: yes with a little, the blonde hair it looks a bit like him. Um, who was the Norwich player last year? Todd Cantwell.
1: Cantwell. Yeah. Um, but yeah, really decent, really decent. Um, I mean, we spoke briefly about Fulham as well.
0: Yep, Ademola look, look,
1: man. Yeah, look, man. He he's naughty. He's naughty.
0: He actually was naughty. I read an article about him in the Guardian on Saturday about him growing up in Peckham. And um, he, he was naughty. Well, yeah, he had to stay away from the streets to do football.
1: Oh, look, man, don't be naughty. <laughs> um, but the, <laughs> you know, Josh Masher as well. You know, looks like he'll be a decent signing. So
0: Magic magic probably
1: what they needed a little bit of firepower. Mm. Um,
0: we haven't mentioned Villa Leicester. I thought that was a pretty good game. Um, um, People need I, to
1: take no Leicester one. seriously. I don't know. They're so hot and cold because they'll, lo- they'll end up beating Villa away but losing to you know West Brom at home. Yeah, true. So...
0: But w- when they are good they are really good. When they are yeah. good you-, you think oh man these you know they are they're a top four club even though when you say top four teams you don't tend to mention Leicester but Harvey Barnes again James Madison again um, and one interesting point that I saw someone make was that throughout this whole season, Leicester have had an uh, important player injured. As every every moment, Leicester haven't had their full squad available. Um, like Vardy's had time out, uh, Ricardo Pereira's had time out, uh, Madison's had time out, um, and DD Evans, Fiofana sorry aren't you So aren't you yeah they've, they've had players out and they've just cracked on they've just got on with it even like yeah. James Justin has been such a force for them this season and I remember he only came in because Pereira was injured so they've obviously yeah. got like replacements that fit into the system well I mean kudos to um, Brendan Rodgers man yeah it kills me yeah I mean he, he was a good manager at Liverpool
1: yeah, yeah.
0: I can't remember how or why it ended, but I always remember thinking, oh, he was. I mean, he's probably your best manager yeah, for, we, for years."
1: When we all of a sudden overnight became shocking. I think it was the Balotelli signing that really sealed the deal. Oh yeah. I think, I think when you swap Suarez for Balotelli, you're swapping a Ferrari for like a Fiat Cinquecento. Um, <laughs> so
0: I, I'm not going to lie. I'm googling Cinquecento now, but I don't to spell it. Do
1: you remember, do you remember the in betweener's car? Oh, was that? A, ah oh, yeah yes. the yellow one and it's that specific one as well Maravatelli, Balotelli is a yellow Cinquecento of a red door <laughs> that is what he is wow he is to be fair um, so the early kickoff on Saturday was Southampton Chelsea
0: hmm
1: how good was Takumi Minamino's goal
0: it's interesting because we, we opened up by talking about Liverpool not being able to do things up top and it makes you think like should Liverpool really have put Minamino out on loan?
1: Hindsight's oh, a wonderful thing isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Hindsight's a wonderful thing but you know at the end of the day he's doing well it's a really good finish really really good finish. Um, I think it's Aspen Aquetta and Mendy that he sat on the floor and I think they had to hop about three times. Yeah, um, Unbelievable finish and obviously chance to get a penalty. Um,
0: Mason Mount is, yeah. is their talisman, isn't he? Um, yeah. One interesting thing about this game was that uh, Thomas Tuchel brought on Callum Hudson at half at halftime and then took him off for, after I think 75 minutes and then made a statement after the game about his attitude not being right. And that's why he took him off.
1: That is That is like the equivalent of Tuchel getting his balls out and sticking them on the coffee table and going, this is my house. Yeah. Because, that is.
0: Yeah. From where I was sitting and from what I was watching, I thought Hudson-Odoi did well. I thought he really brought Chelsea back into the game. Like He put the pass through to Mason Mount, which then he got tackled and won them the penalty. So he was sort of, yeah, he was involved. He was good, but I don't know if it was like a personal thing. I don't know if maybe Tuchel asked him to do certain and Callum Hudson-Odoi was like, nah, I'm not going to do that. Um, but yeah, I thought that was really, really interesting. That was a real early sign that Tuchel is uh, not to be ramped with.
1: Yeah. I think it was just him basically saying, look, I don't really care what you think, if you're not pulling your weight, you're coming off. Hmm. Let this be a lesson to you all. And I kind of like that.
0: Yeah, I kind of like it.
1: I kind of feel like, you know, Chelsea are one of them teams, and I am going back to sort of like the Mourinho days and all that, where, you know, managers, when they're not on side, tend to get burnt pretty quickly. And I think you just go and burn me if you want, but I'll take some of you down with me.
0: Yeah. It's really interesting. I do wonder if, like, he's going to get their respect doing this. I think it's interesting, actually. I was thinking this over the weekend. Um, I've been really kind of getting into football psychology, I guess you call it. Um, and I've been, like, watching player interviews and just sort of picking up on how forcefully humble English players tend to be. Um, but on the other hand... I find this quite interesting, like they're they're sort of forcefully humble and like they always make out that like, yeah, I'm doing it for the team. The most important thing is the three points and it doesn't matter if I score. When you think deep down it, you do have an ego. But then equally, I also think English players are really difficult to, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They're not the most obedient. um, And probably with that, the most difficult to manage like there are yeah, so but- many examples of managers that are really good elsewhere come to the Premier League here for a couple of seasons and then fall out with too many players and then just have to go on again especially Italian yeah, but, managers
1: yeah but it's 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 really interesting you say that because as a country we're like that look at us during this lockdown look how many people think it's cool to yeah. you know go out and you know go out in their droves or like all the people that decided it'd be a great idea when London was Decided to go into tier four, they decided to leave London.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's Not really true.
1: Honestly. Like, it's <sighs> unbelievable. So, I, I, I kind of get it. I kind of get that it's difficult because we as a nation are difficult because we think we know best. And half the time, we're as thick as two short plants. So,
0: I think kind of going back to just, I think maybe that's,
1: scathing the, you.
0: that's the problem with. Maybe what happened with hudson Adoy, maybe he has this, this inflated entitlement and pride. Like, I don't want anyone telling me what to do, even though, you know, that's how football works. You know, your manager organizes and sort of guides you and tells you what to do. You have to just, I mean, in any line of work, there are often senior people who kind of guide you. But the interest is for the team. But I don't know, this, yeah. this, this, this over-inflated sense of pride means that, I don't know. It's a tough one. It's a real tough one. Because I feel that also lets England as a national team down sometimes. Like the psychology of England, I think, lets them down sometimes.
1: That's mad.
0: We don't, I don't remember the last, maybe Rooney was sort of this player, but I don't remember the last player to really be so self-indulgent that when things are going bad they just say you know what let me just I'm not going to pass the ball anymore because you lot are effing this up let me just score the goal myself like you know how Ronaldo would at Portugal you know yeah. if Portugal are losing Ronaldo's like oh you lot are long man let me just score myself like I don't yeah. think we we have that kind of ego in our team and we maybe need it we need we need players to just be like you know what I'm the guy <laughs> I'm the guy.
1: Do you, do you know who you think could be that guy? Grealish. Yes.
0: I thought you'd say that. Yeah, that's why I like him. I never used to like him, but I like him now because he's the guy.
1: Yeah, because I think he's just like, do you know what? Just give me the ball. <laughs> yeah. Give me the, like, just shut up and give me the ball. That
0: Michael Jordan type
1: attitude. Yeah. It's like, just like, I know you're going to give me the ball because I'm better than you. So just give me the ball.
0: Yeah, you need a player to, like... I've watched a video the other day of um, Ronaldo when he was at Manchester United, and there was some interviewer, and there was Ronaldo, Anderson, and Rio Ferdinand. And they asked them one by one, hey, Rio, who do you think's the best player in the world? And I think Rio said Brazilian Ronaldo or someone I can't remember then they ask Anderson who's the best player in the world I think he said Zidane or something and then this is an 18 year old Ronaldo he hasn't established himself yet they say oh Cristiano who do you think's the best player in the world and he said so deadpan so seriously me and everyone yeah. burst out laughing but he looked at them as if to say why are you laughing I'm going to be the best player in the world you watch <laughs> and look at him now
1: Yeah, is isn't
0: it? speaking of best players in the world before we um Bring the show to a close. Um, there's been a lot of talk recently about this idea of handing over the baton. For years, it's been Cristiano and Messi, and now we're starting to see Harland and Mbappe come through. Um, but someone mentioned to me yesterday. Um, I don't, I don't know about you. But I don't really pay attention to Italian football much anymore, unfortunately. But they said, with all this talk about Mbappe, Harland, and even Lewandowski, are we forgetting that Lukaku is actually? possibly one of the best strikers probably the best striker in the world are we taking him for granted
1: i don't think we're taking him for granted but i don't think he's the best striker in the world
0: i mean he has scored a lot of goals this season
1: yeah man he's scored a lot of goals don't get me wrong he has scored a lot of goals but him or harland
0: well mm, that's a tough one right oh no that is a tough one actually
1: I'm saying Haaland straight off the bat. In my team, I'll say
0: Haaland because he's got more years ahead of him.
1: Like, there's no disrespect to Lukaku whatsoever, but I just think Haaland is just complete. Like, and if you want to talk goals, Lewandowski scored so many goals. So many goals. So, it's such a challenge up there. Mm. But... Don't get me wrong, he's up there. He's up there, and no disrespect to him because he's doing it for Inter. Like...
0: Seventeen and twenty two I've just clocked he's got this yeah. season,
1: yeah, I mean he's you know he's doing all sorts, I just think that
0: oh, Harlan's got seventeen and seventeen,
1: yeah, exactly, <laughs> Like unbelievable footballer wow um we we i have two things quickly, yeah, two things um one um was the Wolves-Leeds game
0: oh I completely forgot about that
1: yeah um, which I don't really have much to say apart from you know congratulations to Leeds did Leeds Leeds
0: win? no Wolves won Adama Traore won. took a shot congratulations
1: to Leeds for being shit um, <laughs> and, and Wolves obviously it out of the park um, who scored from?
0: Uh, it was a weird one where Wol- Adama Traore had a shot it hit the bar and then hit the back of Mellier and went in. So it counts as a Mellier own goal.
1: I really like the name Melier, by the way.
0: Is it Mellier or Meslier?
1: No, I like stick with Melier. What okay. a name. Um and the other thing is, is it was made apparent to me that during our top ten African players podcast yeah. that we and you you have disagreed with me that, with this. Uh, so I need to listen to it back, but that we did not mention um, a certain African legend um, who is sadly not with us anymore. Uh, oh. the, wardrobe, the Wardrobe. Booba. Papa Booba Diop.
0: Yeah. I thought um, I did. I, I I think I did. I'm, I might need to listen back, but I definitely had him in my um, honourable mentions.
1: Now, now, the, the most I think the best memory I have of Papa Booba Diop was when me, you and Ginch oh. were playing FIFA and I think we were playing FIFA watching football and it was mentioned that his nickname was The Wardrobe and your exact words were why is he called the Wardrobe? Does he have a lot of crew?
0: Yeah. Okay. That's fair to say. Yeah. <laughs> That's the kind of nickname you would, you know, football changing rooms. The player comes in in a different outfit every day. Like, oh, look at him. He's such a walking wardrobe.
1: Honestly.
0: That's, you know, you would understand my thinking there.
1: Honestly. (laughs) So many clothes. So many clothes. Um, What a shout. What a shout. Um, Stick around for the next top 10, by the way. We haven't quite decided what it's going to be yet. But it will no doubt be the best 40 minutes of your life
0: yes i agree
1: yeah thank you thank you (laughs) um and on that note i think it's time to end
0: nice one sir have a good evening
1: look after yourself miss you lots have fun stay safe (laughs)
0: love you bye